Hello and welcome to the Make an Impact podcast with me, Heidi Fisher. It's too complicated to measure our impact. We don't have the resources. Nobody cares. We can't afford it. Yes, you can and yes, you must. And in the Make an Impact podcast, Heidi Fisher explores how organisations put impact at the heart of what they do and how you can too. In today's episode, I'm talking to Sophie Lejeune from Society Zero about making zero waste products accessible to marginalised groups and why changing attitudes away from buying new is crucial for sustainable consumption. Sophie, um, could you tell me a little bit about Society Zero and why you set it up, please? Yes, of course. Um, So Society Zero is a zero waste shop um, slash community action group um, based in Glasgow, although we do work mostly in the central belt um, and west of Scotland, uh, focusing on making environmentally friendly living more accessible um, through education, um, through our shops, through workshops and talks that we do. Um, I started it because basically I was doing my environmental science degree and I noticed there was a massive gap in the market. At the time, there wasn't any zero waste shops in Scotland and there was a great need for it to be accessible because wherever there were any um, sort of environmentally friendly uh, based groups, then it seemed pretty far-fetched and sort of upper class that only those with higher incomes and more privileges then they can access uh, environmentally friendly living where as from a personal point of view I couldn't access that, um, especially when you looked at social media, it was very all over the place and uh, this is portrayed as a very lifestyle choice rather than a necessity. So I started at Society Zero to sort of break down those barriers. And how how successful has it been so far in terms of breaking down those barriers? Well, we've managed to get a lot of interest um, working with Who Cares Scotland uh, charity and um, because basically I wanted to work with uh, other sort of charities and organisations that worked with people from marginalised members of society. So my big focus was on care experience because I came from foster care and a lot of people who are leaving the foster care system and going out on their own, they don't have that much of a support network. So we, through Society Zero, I wanted to break those barriers down and help support those people, um, people who have been in women's shelters or been homeless shelters and just got their own place, um, also people who are reaching retirement age and are deemed too qualified to get jobs, we wanted to give access to those people and it's been really successful, the interest that we've got and the support that we've got from all different um, sort of places in the community for people to get involved with. So we've got loads of free activities that people can get um, involved with. We do a lot of talks and workshops within schools, within uh, workplaces, within colleges, universities, within community groups themselves. They can set up, be set up by the community and they can ask us to go in and speak to them or do a specific workshop, things like sewing bee where we teach sewing repair skills and making things out of second-hand fabric, which has been really successful, really, and that brings people from all ages um, to get involved as well. So there's lots of different things um, that people can get involved with with us that isn't necessarily buying from us, so it can be extremely accessible uh, for people to get involved with, which has been really good. Um, it's always got people messaging us, asking us um, when the next time we're going to be doing a certain event. Like Our swap shop was a massive success, and there was only 
over 987 items that were swapped at that event and then the leftovers were donated to people in need as well so it's not just direct people who are getting involved it's people who we donate to afterwards which has been really good and really great to uh, be a part of as well. Wow it sounds like you're very busy. One of the things I wanted to ask you about is um, this this idea of the circular economy. A lot of people talk Mm -hmm. about um, the circular economy but I don't think um, everyone um, understands what it actually is and how do you get um, consumers to adapt their behaviour and and start to understand how they can be part of this circular economy? The circular economy, the it's basically trying to make everything avoiding from the like just single use and then reusing. So it's basically trying to change a, a thought process and behaviour processes. And a lot of the problems is we have been marketed to that it's wrong to reuse things and that if you are reusing things or repairing things to avoid things going from landfill products like clothing or even using up leftovers and taking them to work in a tub or reusing cardboard boxes to uh, decorate your house with, things like that. It's seen as a bad thing and we've been marketed that, oh no, we should be buying new and this is the kind of lifestyle we have. So a lot of our work will be educating in that and trying to normalise that as much as possible, which is good because there are many people within the sort of environmental areas of work or if they're social media influencers, then they talk a lot about this. So it is definitely normalising. It's just trying to get it more into out of the environmental sphere and community and out into other different um, areas that people engage with. So places like written media or places like podcasts and um, social media that's not just in the environmental scene. Um, So it's just trying to make sure that nobody's feeling shame in that. And then also remembering that not everyone has the same opportunity and not everyone has the same accessibility to take things out of or reuse everything because they don't have the skills. So we try and make sure that we are teaching the skills and are just giving out free information to make sure, oh, can you reuse this and giving really good ideas, which we've had great feedback on. Excellent. Yeah, I, th- I think what, one of the things um, I find is is having the ideas and the suggestions. And then once you've got those, it's quite easy to um, do, do things. What would you say has been your biggest achievement with Society Zero so far? Um, getting people engaged whether it's online or whether it's people who attend our talks and workshops and getting recognised for that. We've been in the newspapers, we've been on BBC Radio, been on other radio channels, we've been on TV. It's the amount of interest that people have in what we're doing as a whole. It's a success as much as it is the people that we get to help because the more that we are talked about, the more that we are referred to and sort of promoted, the more work that an impact that we can do to support those who really need it um, so we can do more community work we can do more workshops and talks we can give out more free uh, zero waste kits to people who we want to and we can employ more people and it just builds and builds and builds so there's not one single thing that's been or just a couple of things that's all been a big success because it just kept I think it was just growth that's been the success of it really Wow, it, it sounds like a, a wonderful journey where um, 
started with an idea and and then it, it just everything just flowed and went perfectly into place um have there been any any difficulties in your journey or or has it been that that easy <laughs> um there's been difficulties yeah when obviously when you're building a social enterprise you want everyone to understand what you're doing but because you talk like as a single person you talk so much about it all the time and you know your vision it's trying to get that vision all in a succinct message to people for them to be interested when you just want to talk about it for hours and hours and hours and just go yeah but we'd also do this but we also do that so that's definitely a challenge um and then also getting people who are happy to volunteer their time because we're all going through difficult times and when you're starting up you don't have enough funds to pay yourself, never mind other uh, staff. So it's trying to get staff on board that are happy to just volunteer until there is a time where we can pay them. And that's also another problem that we can come up across. But we're slowly getting there. And it's just the more people who are learning about social enterprises, I think the more that we speak about the fact that our profits go to like, a purposeful thing rather than just in the pockets of shareholders. And that definitely engages our support so we've overcome that problem especially when there's more and more zero waste shops popping up all over the place then that's our sort of unique selling point as as you will excellent so you mentioned in there um about the the impact you're having um do you, mm-hmm. have you got any um stats that you wanted to share around the impact you're having and and how you're actually going about um collecting and measuring your impact it's still an ongoing process it always is because <laughs> it's really difficult to measure how much like people can sort of pass on knowledge that we give. Um, when we speak about the environmental side of things, we can only give an average, say, if we gave out a few menstrual cups uh, to people, then we can't say how many times they particularly use those menstrual cups. The same goes for water bottles. Um, so it's really difficult to try and measure the environmental impact. Um, it's just the amount of people that we can help and try and think right well if that person's came along to our workshop and learned how to make their own cleaning products how many other people are they going to pass that information on and we'll guess sort of five people per person um if say it's like their family and then their family grows up and then they tell people and that's the way they grew up so it's really really difficult to sort of measure the kind of impact we can have but we just take it as a sort of estimate of an average of People per workshop or talk, they'll go home and they'll speak to five people either on their social media or in life and that'll pass on to another five people from those five people and just pay it forward with the information kind of thing. Where it's difficult to try and remember or try and figure out exactly the environmental impact that we can have. We can just hope for the best really and just say, well, on average, this many people will be using a bottle or a menstrual cup or a tote bag this many times per week or this many times per year and this will avoid an average amount so we've not got exact figures we just go by averages and just hope that people are passing on the knowledge and people are reusing the products that we give out as well and the products that we sell too. It sounds um, quite complicated in terms of trying to track all the different people if you do yeah. be a bit, a bit um, of a, a difficulty to, to start doing that. Um, how important is leaving a, a legacy to you in, in terms of what you're trying to do through Society Zero? It's nothing to do with me. I would just hope that people remembered the name and remembered the people that 
got involved because the bigger that society zero grows, I want the people that we support to be the heroes of it because they are. Um, we we just playing a small part in assisting them, and I think it's important for people to remember the message of why we started and what we're doing and what kind of impact we want to have throughout the life of this business and I hope it goes forward but I, it's definitely it's not about me it's about the amount of impact that we can have on as a whole and as a name um, or as a brand as such on the amount of people that we work with and just hope that people remember that and then take on the lessons that we have all learned really through it. What are your your plans for the the future in terms of um, Society Zero? All of these keep growing all the time. <laughs> um, I keep thinking up new ideas of what we're going to do and uh, how it's going to grow, and it's just I need to be a little bit more patient. <laughs> um, but uh, the next plans at the moment is just to grow slowly but effectively. So we want to have mobile shops um, so that we can make zero-waste shops more accessible to people, which is our prime thing that we want to focus on. Um, So a lot of people have to currently travel um, by car mainly um, uh, or long times for public transport to zero-waste shops, whereas we can take a zero-waste shop to them. It'll be far more um, productive and effective when it comes to CO2 emissions. And it means that we can also work with the people in these specific communities we set up the shop in. So we want to, the big, big picture is to eventually have a fleet of mobile shops going into, especially rural areas that are surrounding Glasgow, because Glasgow City itself, people who are living in Glasgow City, do have access to zero-way shops, but it's people surrounding them and the areas surrounding them that don't. So we want to take it out to them and just have as many mobile shops as we can. Hopefully we'll get a sponsorship and get an electric bus company to give us a few electric bus companies, but we'll see that we'll we'll get there eventually. So I love that idea of a mobile shop. It's such a it's so um like effective but also a really simple thing that so many people would never think to do. I really love that. That's mm. really so is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners? Well for anyone starting a social enterprise just find find your people and they'll eventually find you as well as long as you stay true to your mission and don't focus on yourself and for everyone who's supporting social enterprises and listening to about social enterprises here thank you so much for your support um there's so many great social enterprises in the world that people haven't even heard of but i think they need shouts about more than what the big brands or the big four supermarkets need talked about or the big clothing companies and we need the change makers being in the forefront of the of the media at the moment because especially when everything else is getting so tar- in such turmoil politically we need something good to talk about and there are change makers out there so thank you for supporting social enterprises thank you that's that's really lovely um, message you've been listening to the make an impact podcast with me heidi fisher if you've enjoyed the podcast, why not leave a review or rating? And if you'd like to be on the show, then please get in touch via my website, makeanimpactcic.co.uk. Thank you for listening.